And welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Wednesday evening. Pray it's been a wonderful day for you. It's good to be back together once again after a quick 23-hour break. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, and wherever you may be watching me tonight, all throughout this beautiful land of ours, from sea to shining sea, from no border up north to no border down south, thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I am Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com, check it out. Well, this is one of those days where about 45, 50 minutes ago, I thought we were going to have a nice leisurely evening together. We've got a lot of things to talk about, but, you know, nice, quiet pace, not the frantic, uh, nail-biting pace we have to go through some nights to get it all in. But then in the last 45 minutes, we had an explosion of all kinds of different things popping. So it's going to be a little more pressed than I thought it would be an hour ago, but we'll get it all in. Still have a few things to clean up from the last couple nights, but we will try to get that in. If you're new to the program, again, you are watching live prayer. We come to you live every Monday through Friday, and there's four things I ask you to do for me on every program. First, pray for me in the program. I appreciate your prayers more than you know, because that's something you have to consciously do. And uh, your effort means more than you'll ever know. Second, please encourage people you know to sign up for the free Live Prayer Daily Devotional. Written it every morning since we began nearly a quarter century ago. It'll be in your email every morning. All you have to do is go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link. A couple pieces of basic information will be ready to go. Third, of course, is this TV program. Encourage people you know to tune in. And don't forget... While we are live every Monday through Friday on the Live Prayer Facebook page, the Live Prayer uh, Twitter or X page, uh, we're live on Rumble every night, we're live on Roku, welcome to our Roku friends. Uh, we also, once the program is over, the program's available for on-demand viewing on all those platforms, in addition to... Uh, the Live Prayer Telegram channel, Live Prayer Gab, Live Prayer Cloud Hub, Live Prayer True Patriots Network, Live Prayer Getter, Live Prayer Sovereign Media, Live Prayer Truth, and Live Prayer Frank Social. So uh, we're grateful to be on all those platforms each and every night, either live or right after the program for on-demand viewing. So encourage people to watch. Last of all, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please encourage people to watch us and help us. Uh, we're here each night, not because we uh, have advertisers. We have none. Uh, we don't 
you know, do tours or conferences or concerts or I don't write books. Matter of fact, I don't know how many books I would have written over the years considering every morning for 25 years I've written a daily devotional. But be that, and that's free, by the way. Uh, we're here each day by faith and we're only here each day because of friends like you who support us and help us to keep going. So please uh, pray about supporting the ministry. Again, upper right-hand corner is a donation link with our address, any link to our credit card portal. And I, I appreciate your support. I really do. Uh, friends like you are the reason we've been on TV for 21 years. And on March the 3rd, it'll be 21 years. So, uh, and the reason we've been online for 25 years. So appreciate your support more than you know. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity once again to be together, to gather in your name, knowing that we're two or more come together. You are in our midst. So we invite you tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this day we've enjoyed the blessings. I pray tonight, oh God, that my friends who have joined me tonight will be blessed above and beyond all they could ask or think, that every need they have in their life tonight will be met for your glory. Lord, we give this time to you now. We're grateful for this day. We're grateful for this opportunity to end this day together like this. Thank you for the blessings. Open our hearts, open our minds. Speak to, speak to us tonight, Lord. We ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. All right, let me start going down what I thought an hour ago was going to be kind of a nice, quiet show, but that's the way it goes, right? Um, MSNBC is leading the corporate meltdown because they are now portraying the potential coming Trump administration as an administration of Christian nationalists. Now, we've talked about this moniker Christian nationalist over before. Uh, it's being used as a pejorative. Just to be blunt with you, I am happy people. I would, I would be proud if people called me a Christian nationalist. Number one, they're acknowledging my faith in Jesus Christ because that's what a Christian is. And yes, I am proud to be an American. This is the country that God... Uh, sovereignly decided that I would be born into and live my life in. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just like if you're born in Canada, there's nothing wrong with being a, 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 a Christian nationalist in Canada, simply meaning you're a follower of Christ and you happen to love your country. Or if you're from Germany or wherever you're from, that should be a natural reaction for people to be proud of, of their country. So while they use it as a pejorative, that in, in their definition of Christian nationalism, you want a theocracy. You want everybody to be a Christian. And not just any Christian, your kind of Christian. If you're a Christian, you, you, you must be married to a woman, not a man. It's got to be a man and a woman. And it should be for life. If you're a Christian nationalist, that's what you believe. Well, you know what? i got to be honest with you. That's what my Bible teaches. Okay? And do we all succeed in meeting that standard? Probably not. God bless those who do. And for those who don't, we try to do better. The Christian Nash says, you don't want women to have control of their bodies. Listen, I have no problem with women having control of their bodies. What I do have a problem with 
is if women want to murder another body. Because that's exactly what a woman carries for nine months, another human being. Do what you want to your body, but you don't have the right to slaughter another human being. But if you believe that, you're a Christian nationalist. And of course, you want schools to pray and, and probably teach the Bible and teach American patriotism. And, and we don't want the schools teaching this radical racist theology or this radical sexual uh, orientation curriculum. Sounds pretty good to me. I, again, when they define what they believe a Christian nationalist is, I pick up my Bible and say, hey, that's that's good. I think people... And of course, you, if you're a Christian nationalist, here's a big one. You hate black people. You hate brown people. You hate people that don't look like you. In other words, their definition of Christian nationalist is narrowed down to basically white Christians, okay? And that couldn't be further from the truth because let me tell you something. I know some Christian Nazis and God actually gave them black skin. I know Christian Matt Nazis that God gave brown skin. I know Christian Matt Nazis that God gave yellow skin. I know Christian Nazis he gave red skin. That's, that's where they See, that's where they pervert uh, and try to use as a pejorative this whole Christian nationals moniker. All right? And let me tell you something. And I've told you this before. What this is all about is to fear monger Christians, to be quiet. Don't, don't talk about your faith in public or you're going to be labeled a Christian nationalist, which means basically you're a racist on top of, a, of, an, of an Islamophobe, uh, a xenophobe, you hate women, okay? And then they want to also not just intimidate Christians into silence, but stay out of politics because Christian nationalism is really the party of Donald Trump. You see how insane this is. But they don't care. They drive their narrative, no matter how outrageous the narrative, no matter how much of a lie it is in the end. And uh, Christians, don't forget, I've always told you, the number one threat to the globalist and always, always will be. By the way, don't forget, you got this Rob Reiner documentary that's uh, out now. By the way, <laughs> by the grace of God, supposedly it is bombed in its first weekend out. Um, let me find this real quick. Let me find it. There it is. It's called God and Country. Sounds good, right? It's basically Rob Reiner's perverted view of Christians and the label that Christians in the Donald Trump world are really Christian nationalists, okay? Uh, it's a total politically driven documentary, of course. And again, it's designed to paint Christians as racist, 
women haters, uh, xenophobes, Islamophobes. Uh, they want basically the biblical worldview to prevail. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, like I said, the initial box office numbers from the first weekend uh, have been terrible. And when I say terrible, I'm talking like maybe $38,000. My guess is probably cost, I don't know what Reiner would have spent on this project. I would guess he probably had to spend at least two, 300000 Anyway, so that's going on. By the way, can I give you some good news? Florida State University in, in Tallahassee uh, has been traditionally and annually named one of the top three party schools in the country, okay? They've got that reputation. Well, let me tell you something. There's some souls being saved up in Tallahassee. There's a campus ministry that has been holding these evening meetings, and kids are getting saved, and they're taking them out to, the, to this famous fountain on campus and baptizing them in the fountain. Now, some people say, well, that's terrible. Can I tell you, folks, I have probably baptized several hundred people over 30 years of ministry in swimming pools, okay? Uh, a swimming pool, a fountain, there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, just for the record, and being a very famous party school, I guarantee a lot of debauchery has gone on in that fountain over the years. So man meant for evil, God meant for good. Right? Good scripture. Genesis 50. And, uh, but kids are getting saved at Florida State. There's a, there's, there's a real outpouring of God's spirit there. And uh, they're taking them to that fountain and getting them baptized. That is great. That is great. Oh, did you hear? Uh, they're now giving some illegals in New York these debit cards that are charged up with $10,000. You know, I was thinking tonight. It would probably not be a bad investment of two weeks of your life to get a cheap ticket down to, say, Mexico City and tag into one of these caravans, walk across the border, uh, tell them you want to go to New York City, okay? Because I'll send you anywhere. Me tell Boston. I mean, I mean, I mean, these NGOs that we pay for with our tax dollars. They're like a government travel agency. Oh, you want to go to Spokane, Washington? Sure. Go over that liner. Uh, New York, yep, that line over here. So I would I would get a I would get a plane to New York. I would show up in New York. I'd get every free thing that they were gonna give me. I would get one of those ten thousand dollar debit cards. And uh, and then go home. Not 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 a bad not a bad you know, week to 10 days worth of work, right? This is disgusting. This is really disgusting. These are, these are Joe Biden's and the Democrat Party's next generation of voters. And when I say next generation of voters, uh, I actually mean maybe this November's generation of voters, okay? <laughs> By the way, in a couple of days, we're going to celebrate the two-year anniversary 
of the war in Ukraine that never forget, no matter what you hear. And listen, Putin is responsible for sending his people in there, but he sent his people primarily in the places that they were, they've been fighting over since 2014. Don't forget it was under Obama and Biden that Putin took Crimea without firing a shot and began taking those eastern Donbass uh, territories of Ukraine, which are all Russian-speaking, and for the most part, the people really wanted to be governed by Russia. And, and, and we goaded Putin into more activity in Ukraine by threatening to uh, make Ukraine a NATO country which I don't know if that was ever going to happen anyway, but that's the push we made. And this, let me tell you, let me be blunt. This was the operation of Secretary of State number two, Victoria Newland, the same Victoria Newland, who was responsible in 2014 for the soft coup in Ukraine that got rid of the, uh, the Russian puppet and put in our own puppet. He didn't last very long, about a year, and then we had to get rid of him, and then we put in Zelensky. Okay, but that Victoria Newland that oversaw the soft coup in 2014 that changed the whole dynamics of Ukraine, uh, it was her operation along with our CIA, who I told you day one, they've been on ground there probably since 2014, even before, okay? And of course, in the in the process, we've learned some very terrible uh truths about Ukraine and what we've been doing there. We know for a fact there's at least five, maybe as many as eight bio labs. God only knows what we were doing in those bio labs that nobody knew about. Of course, Fauci, not a shock, had a hand in these things. Uh, but though in the whole but understand the whole purpose was to make Putin so unpopular there would be an uprising in Ukraine and Putin would be deposed. Okay? They'd either kill him or send him off into exile somewhere. Okay? That was the plan. That was the plan of Victoria Newland RCIA. Another operation to get rid of another foreign dictator with really no plan in place. If it succeeded, what happens then? Iraq, Libya, Egypt, and many other places come to mind. So, as you will hear a lot more than normal about the war in Ukraine or in the coming days because of the two-year anniversary, just remember what this is really what this is really about. And let me just be blunt with you: the and we do not have real numbers yet. As good as my information has been, I can't even get solid numbers. But we know there's been a minimum of 100,000 Ukrainians killed, a minimum of 100,000 Russians killed. Those numbers I've heard could go up as high as 200,000 on both sides. Every one of those dead Ukrainians and Russians are at the hands of Victoria Newland, RCIA, and that brain-dead idiot in the White House, Joe Biden. And his puppet master, Barack Hussein Obama. Okay? So just remember that when you're hearing all the news in the coming days about the 
two-year anniversary. And of course, you're going to hear how nasty the Republicans are and how nasty Donald Trump are. And if they only had that $60 billion, they could win this war. We've already sent them $100 billion. And we have no idea. First of all, we have no idea where that money went. Let's start there, okay? Let's start there. Ukraine could never win this war. I told you that day one. And their plan of having a Soviet uprising to depose Putin, you could tell after two months that wasn't going to happen. By the way, Zelensky has canceled all Ukrainian elections for 2024. Now, I mentioned this for two reasons. Two important reasons, so listen up. One reason I mention that is because Ukraine has, is not, every time you're, well, we must, you know, de defend democracy. Ukraine has never been a democracy, is not now a democracy, never will be a democracy. Okay? So understand that first. But the reason I mention that is, I've always told you, and we talked about this last night. Boy, if you missed last night, you need to go listen to the Tuesday night program, especially the part where I'm talking about uh, RFK Jr. and the problem he is now pre presenting to the Democrats. Because if he's if he continues to poll in the 14% range, there is no amount of, of theft and, and, and stealing and creating ballots. It is impossible to steal the election through their normal means. And that really only leaves them one, one option at that point. They have to do what Zelensky just did. Cancel the elections. Now, it's going to take a big event to cancel the elections. People here aren't stupid. And they just can't walk up and say, oh, we're canceling elections. No, no. It would take something to the degree of, let's say, being in a war with Russia, which, by the way, if we go down that route just for the purpose of canceling the election, it would be a nuclear war. Big price. But think about it. They don't. They just. They just slaughtered a minimum of two hundred thousand people over there for their fever dream of getting rid of Putin, and they don't care. They don't care. But it would take something like a war with Russia where Joe Biden then uh, declares uh, martial law, sets aside, postpones elections, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if that would work. Just, I don't know if that would work to boot, but that would be the road they would go down. It would have to be some sort of cataclysmic event that would allow Biden to declare some sort of emergency powers so he could set aside the election. And really, war is the most likely uh, scenario. But there may be others. We'll, we will find out. We will find out. Um, let's see here. The Democrats... <laughs> These people, they're really kind of lazy. You got Pelosi out there 
uh, Levi Strauss trust fund boy uh, Goldman out there. Little Jamie Raskin. By the way, if you ever want to take five minutes and just you know educate yourself, Google Jamie Raskin, who's the congressman from Maryland, and and Google his father. Yeah, his father was quite the communist sympathizer. Okay. It just, it makes me laugh, knowing his who his father is. It makes me laugh every time I hear Raskin on there talking about Trump loves Putin and blah, blah, blah. No, actually, it was your daddy who loved Putin, Jamie. It was your daddy that was the commie sympathizer. And that's not an allegation, a false allegation, by the way, like it is against Trump. That is real. That's historical fact. Look it up. But you got Democrats like Pelosi, Goldman Raskin out in the media. And they're out there now, and once again, pushing this lie that Trump is owned by Putin. Uh, Putin helped Trump win in 2016, and he's going to try to help him win in 2024. Really? Again, not only do we know the whole Russia hoax was concocted by the Hillary campaign and pushed by Brennan and the CIA. We've got documents, all the proof anybody with a brain would need to understand that, but yet the media still persists in that lie. Even with the evidence out there, they still persist. They're, they're back with the whole Trump-Russia uh, lie. But on top of that, we also know that in 2016, it was Hillary Putin wanted. He didn't want anything to do with Trump because Trump was a wild card. First of all, he knew the Clintons were easy to be bought. They'd taken in hundreds of uh, tens of millions of dollars from Russia through their Clinton Global Initiative, you know, the family uh, slush fund. So they did run. Putin knew the Clintons were, uh, you know, primed to be bought. He knew Biden was primed to be bought. He had no clue about Trump. And after four years of Trump, I promise you, the last thing he wants to do is see Trump back in office. So it's pure nonsense. It's lazy. But the media is back on the Russia, Russia, Russia drum. And by the way, they are going out of their minds because Donald Trump dared to compare himself to Navalny. How dare he compare himself to that Russian patriot Navalny? Well, the fact is, like most things Trump says, it's true. Who was Navalny? He was he was a, a a political enemy of Putin. He was uh, he had a massive following of people that were uh, pro Russia, anti Putin, and Putin tried to take him out, and when. He survived the poisoning, and Navalny foolishly went back to Russia. He was arrested at the airport. He was put on house arrest. Eventually, he was charged with crimes, put into prison. Sound familiar? And by some means, Putin killed him in prison. Now, you tell me what's different between what Putin did to Navalny and what Biden's doing to Trump. Please explain it to me. Because not one of these cases had any legitimacy. Now, one of these cases would have, we have never raided the home of a foreign president. We have never brought 
indictments against a, foreign pre a former president. Never! Even Richard Nixon. Of course, Nixon, he was smart enough to pack his bags and go back to California, let Ford pardon him, and he was done. So yeah, of course, of course they left him alone. Just like Trump always says, and I know he's right. If he'd gone back to Mar-a-Lago after the 2020 election, shut up about politics, just lived his, you know, wonderful life for the rest of his years, he wouldn't be under indictment by any of these places. This is simply the same thing that Putin did to Navani, that Putin's done to other political opponents, just like Xi's done to political opponents, just like Kim Jong-un's done to political opponents, just like all these strongmen dictators throughout history have done to political opponents. They either kill them or they imprison them. And that's exactly what they're doing to Trump. It is a very accurate analogy. Because, like I said Friday night, if you missed Friday night's show, you ought to go find it on one of our platforms and watch it. We are Russian. Don't ever talk to me. I, that's why I don't want to hear about Putin and Navani. I don't. Sorry. It's too bad the guy died, but I don't want to hear about it. I'm more worried about the fact that we are now Russia. Don't ever talk to me about Putin again. Don't ever talk to me about Kim Jong-un again. I don't want to hear about Chairman Xi. We're no different. We're no better. We have devolved into Russia. We've devolved into China. We've devolved into North Korea. And that's just a fact. Sorry. We're no different, no better. It's it, 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 it's re it's really sad. It really is. It is. It is so sad to watch how this country has uh, dropped like this. By the way, Biden's going to issue some sanctions Friday on Russia for killing Navalny. Really. Well, if you're going to issue Russian, uh, sanctions on Russia for killing Navalny, I think you better issue some sanctions on Zelensky for killing a Chilean national, U.S. citizen journalist, Gonzo Lira. Because Zelensky did to Lira exactly what Putin's being accused of doing to Navalny. Lira was critical of Zelensky, of his regime, of the war effort in Ukraine and Zelensky eventually put him in prison and lo and behold he died in prison I'm sorry maybe I'm slow tell me what the difference is so Biden's going to put some kind of sanctions on Russia for what he did to Romney what about, what about the sanctions on Zelensky and Ukraine for what they did to an American citizen by the way Remember Khashoggi, how the media was all upset because, you know, uh, uh, a U.S. journalist was killed by uh, MBS in the Saudi family. First of all, he was, not, he was not an American journalist. He was a Saudi national. He had some bylines in the Bezos Washington Post. He was not a U.S. citizen. He owned some property here, but he had no citizenship. And the fact is, he sided with the enemies of Saudi Arabia, the Muslim Brotherhood, and spoke out vociferously against the Saudi royal family and stood up for their enemies, the Muslim Brotherhood. And I'm sorry, in that part of the world, that's a good way to get killed. 
Yet we don't hear a word about Gonzo Lira, who was an actual U.S. citizen, killed by Zelensky for the same reason Putin killed Navalny. And just for the heck of it, I think it'd be interesting if after Biden issues whatever sanctions he's going to issue on Russia, which, by the way, all of his previous sanctions have boomeranged terribly. Once he does that, um, it'd be interesting to see if Putin issues some sanctions against America for Biden's uh, uh, lawfare and uh, uh, illegal, legal harassment, violence, whatever, how you want to term it, against Donald Trump. That I mean, that'd be interesting. By the way, the media is lying every day. They're out there painting this picture that Donald Trump's got to sell Trump Tower. He's got to sell 40 Wall Street. He's got to sell all of his buildings. Otherwise, you know, they're going to take him from him. You got that big, nasty Attorney General Tis James out there. Oh, we're going to if he doesn't pay, we're going to take his buildings. You're not going to take nothing, Tish James. You know what is going to get taken? Your law license. When this is over, Trump's going to have his buildings. This case is going to get overturned bigly on appeal, even by a, a, a biased New York uh, Democrat-appointed appellate court, because it is that outlandish. And when it's all said and done... Tish James, like Fonnie Willis, is going to lose her law license. Watch. Remember this night. Wednesday night, February the 21st, 11.34 p.m. Eastern Time, the year of our Lord, 2024. Mark it down. When this is all said and done and the dust is settled, Tish James and Fannie Willis are both going to end up losing their law licenses. Watch. Here's... And again, because these media people never had a real job, never signed the front of a paycheck, have no clue about how business works, here's the deal. They hit him with a $365 million penalty, okay? To appeal it, he's got to put up the 365 plus about another $100 million to cover interest while the appeal goes on. So he's got to come up with $465 million. Now, if these people had any understanding of business and how things work in the real world, which they don't, they would know Trump does not have to come up with nearly $500 million to file his appeal. He needs to come up with $50 million to file his appeal. How does that work? He gets a surety bond. And I promise you, there will be a line, you know, like when you watch a Trump, if you ever see a Trump rally, and the, thing, the doors open like at 7 at night, and it's 6 in the morning, and the sun's just coming up, and there's a line around the venue trying to get in. If Trump needs a surety bond for $500 million, which he would have to put up $50 million to guarantee, there would be a line around the block 10 times waiting to give him his surety bond, okay? So Tish James can fantasize about taking 40 Wall Street and all that stuff. She better start worrying about keeping her law license because she has put herself in a place when this is said and done, mark my word, she's going to be out of a law degree just like uh, Fannie Willis is going to be out of a law degree. So as you hear the, the idiots in the media who never ha had a real job in their life, 
never ran a company, have no clue about how business works. When you hear them talk about, well, Trump's going to have to liquidate it. He's Fox News. He's got to liquidate. He's not going to liquidate anything. He's going to go to his bank. He's going to cut a check for $50 million cash, which he will have no problem holding up. He's going to give it to a surety company. They're going to put up the bond, and Haba and his lawyers are going to file an appeal that the state of New York, I know, is going to play with for probably the next two years. But when it's all said and done, that case by that wackadoodle judge is going to go bye-bye, totally overturned, and then Trump can go after James for malicious prosecution. he go after the state of New York. He will be on the offensive then, okay? So as you listen to the media breathlessly dreaming that, oh, Trump's got to sell Trump Tower, he's got to sell this. He's not going to sell anything. Tony Blinken, your Secretary of State, he had an important memo to all State, state Department employees yesterday. And the memo had to do with misgendering. Do not misgender people or there will be a price to pay. This is the idiot that with the, under the leadership of Joe Biden, the puppet mastery of Barack Hussein Obama, this is the idiot Secretary of State, again, that has no clue about the real world, that now has us in three world, three wars, and he's issuing memos to his State Department staff about not misgendering people, not using certain words because... They're offensive to people. You know, words like mother and father. These people are out of their minds. Oh. Um, by the way, remember this. And this is some of the insanity that the globalists and the Democrats are dealing with on a daily basis. They are three seats from controlling the House. Okay? That's not many. And that would give them the House, the Senate, and the White House, okay? So they're very close. They can taste it. The only real institution that they have no control over is what? It's the Supreme Court, which is technically six to three, realistically five to four. I've always said, just put Chief Justice John Roberts with the liberals, please. Please, you know, put him with Sotomayor, put him with uh, Kagan, Put him with that, you know, that absolute stupid. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. She is. She's stupid. I remember her, her, her confirmation hearings. Marsha Blackburn, senator from Tennessee. Uh, uh, Judge Jackson, what's a woman? Well, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that. Really? Really? But you take the three liberal justices and just put Chief Justice Roberts over there, Okay. But that still gives the court a 5-4 to four conservative slant. And the fact that the powers running the country, the globalists, the billionaire class, the fact that they've got control of all of government, pretty much, they know the Republicans in the, in the House are weak, the only pillar of government they don't control is the Supreme Court. 
driving them crazy. And that's why you're going to continue to see an all-out assault on the Supreme Court, especially as they start issuing these rulings on some of these Trump cases that are slam dunks, like immunity, like the 14th Amendment, that nonsense. I mean, they're going to make solid rulings. As a matter of fact, the 14th Amendment, it should be 9-0. to 0. At worst, it's going to be 8-1. to 1. But you're going to hear Democrats and the uh, liberal legal uh, liars on the corporate media lambasting the Supreme Court for being a, a Trump court. <laughs> By the way, this is not news to anybody that's watching this program. As a matter of fact, this is not news to anybody who is living and breathing this moment in time. Food spending as a share of disposable income is at its highest level in three decades. Three decades. Don't forget what I've always told you. Every person that lives, every Every, every, every country that exists, they all need three things every day. They need money, they need energy, and they need what? Food. Okay? So trust me, when I, when I sit here and tell you tonight that food spending as a share of disposable income is at the highest level in three decades, there's not one person that's watching this program tonight that doesn't already know that because you're living it. You're living it. Uh, Biden is supposedly going to issue an executive order. He got the State of the Union coming up in the first days of March. And supposedly he's going to be issuing an executive order either at the State of the Union or right before it on securing the border. Now, understand this, what it is. It is a total political stunt. You know, I love Karine Jean-Pierre. Let's talk about the Republicans. Oh, it's a political stunt. It's a political stunt. I mean, she's locked in on those words. This is a this really is a political stunt because he has no desire or no will in any way, shape, or form to slow down the flow of illegals into this country, and the executive order is just going to be window dressing. Mayorkas won't enforce it. You know, it's one thing to have an executive order; it's another thing to then enforce it, right? So, just know that's coming. And they're going, oh, Joe's getting serious about the border. No, his political people realize that Trump is beating by 30, 40, 50 points in most polls on the border, which happens to be, for one of the first times ever, an issue that is above the economy in most people's, in most people's minds. We got a problem with these teenagers out there. A lot of these teens play these uh, games online on their phones and whatever. Well, a lot of them are getting sucked into these stock market apps. And they're actually trading stocks and options on these apps. And they're treating it like a game. The problem is it's real money. And let me tell you something. As someone who spent... Four years of my life, trading primarily options and futures. That is not a child's game, okay? It requires a lot of knowledge, a lot of insight. Uh, trading, it takes a 
it takes a special quality to be a trader. I mean, you've got to have iron will, you got to have guts, you got good instincts. And again, I'm not going to get into a uh, lesson on, on trading stocks and bonds and options and all that. But I will tell you, the number one problem, novices, people who are not experts, people who are not trained in trading, the number one mistake they always make, they never know when to sell for a loss. Sometimes you made a bad trade. And sometimes you just have to have the guts to take your loss, suck it up, and get ready for the next trade. But very few people have that kind of discipline. And now you're dealing with a bunch of teens that are getting sucked into these stock market trading apps on the phone. And just like the gambling. By the way, speaking of gambling, uh, now with all these states involved in gambling, legalized sports betting, the U.S. sports betting industry, not casinos, not horses, not lottery, just sports gambling alone. $11 billion in revenues last year. $11 billion in revenues. And all I can tell you is, just like I warned people when these states started legalizing sports gambling, you want to, if you're talking about $11 billion in revenues, you're talking about a lot of destroyed lives, folks. Uh, CPAC is going on for the next few days. It's run by uh, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. You know, got a lot of it's a it's a concern. They've actually turned. They've actually kind of shifted from a conservative, which they still call the conservative uh, political action committee, but it's really the America First political action committee because they didn't invite a lot of uh, senators and congressmen that they would usually have there because they're not America first. They're rhinos. They're not sold out on the MAGA uh, agenda. So it's it's really become a MAGA uh, organization and a MAGA convention out in uh, uh, suburban D.C. It's in Maryland, suburban D.C. for the next few days. The, the, the main reason I mentioned, though, is, oh, by the way, two two things. First of all, Trump is going to be speaking there Saturday morning. Uh, I don't know what time. 11 o'clock, I think it is. He's going to be the keynote. And he will, this appearance there will make him the uh, president with the most speaking appearances at CPAC. He will eclipse Ronald Reagan. CPAC was a big venue for Reagan back during the Reagan era. And then uh, after Trump speaks on Saturday morning, he'll then hop in his Trump jet and fly down to South Carolina because Saturday is the South Carolina primaries where he's expected to uh, just lambast neocon Nikki the adulteress by a good 30 points. But one of the main reasons I mentioned CPAC is uh, they refuse to give media passes press passes to any of the corporate media. In other words, normally MSNBC would cover it, CNN, uh, you know, liberal websites like the Huffington Post. 
They told they told the corporate media. They gave media passes to uh, conservative media outlets. But when it came to the corporate media, the mainstream media, uh, they told them, uh, we're not issuing you a press pass this year. You're welcome to come and cover it. Here's the link where you can buy your ticket. <laughs> I got uh, I, I I had a good laugh over that. Not laughable. Oregon fentanyl uh, deaths this year are up 1,530%. Let me say that again. Oregon fentanyl deaths this year are up 1,530%. In Kentucky last night, they seized enough fentanyl in a raid, enough fentanyl that would kill 2 million Americans. By the way, if you felt a little chill in the air, it might not have been the weather outside if you're up north. It might have been the proverbial hell freezing over. And let me tell you why. The New York Times had an article today fact-checking. I almost can't even say these words because they don't, they're not coming out right. The New York Times had an article fact-checking Biden's economic lies. I mean, i got to tell you something. It's clear now. The New York Times is on a mission to try to take Biden out. Nobody's ever dared to question his economic lies. Although I have pointed them out to you on this program uh, for the last three years. But at the end of the day, none of the mainstream corporate media would touch him. But the New York Times had an article today, literally fact-checking all of his economic lies. Amazing. By the way, Biden was in L.A. today raising some money. I guess he stopped by at a local restaurant. He wants to be like Trump where he walks in and people are cheering. Problem is, there are no people cheering, okay? Nobody really even moves when he walks in or they're not excited to see him. I mean, he just, he generates no energy. Anyway, there was a couple people that asked him a couple questions. He sat there with just a blank look on his face. Thankfully, L.A. Mayor Karen Bass was with him and she kind of cut in front of him and start answering the questions. Unbelievable. I mean, this guy can't even do a follow-up without looking pathetic. By the way, here is a, uh, a warning for you, okay? This is a public service announcement, all right? God forbid you have an accident, something happens, you need blood especially if you need a blood transfusion, you need to be super diligent and make sure that whatever blood they're giving you is certified from an unvaccinated person. Here's a new problem that we're seeing from the vaccines. You got people who are vaccinated, they've donated blood, right? I mean, you know, God bless them. They're you're trying to be you know, good people donate their blood. Problem is, their blood's tainted with the vax. And now that blood's going into somebody else's body. And they're now going to deal with the blood problems that so many people who've been vaccinated are dealing with. 
the clotting, and all of the kinds of issues. So I'm just warning you. God help, God be with you if you have an accident or something. You know, you cut yourself in the kitchen, whatever. And if it's a, it's a you know severe enough, they need to give you blood, or God forbid, you need a transfusion. You have got to be super diligent to make sure and get a guarantee. I get it in writing that the blood that they are giving you is from an unvaccinated person. Okay? Please. By the way, Trump has announced, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but he announced again last night in that town hall with Laura Ingram in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, that he is going. He is making a run at New York. Believe that, if you will. Uh, he thinks he's got a shot. And to that end, he's going to hold rallies in the coming months in the South Bronx and, ready for this, the mecca, the sports mecca of the world, Madison Square Gardens. Can you imagine Trump having a rally at Madison Square Garden? Woo! That will be must-see TV, I'm telling you. Especially after what New York has just done to him. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Remington, the uh, gun company. Do you know they started business in uh, upstate New York in 1828? Almost 200 years ago. Well, after nearly 200 years in New York, they're moving to Georgia. And who could blame them? And the CEO of Remington, in announcing the move, said he does not trust or he will not put his company's future in the hands of this current New York legislator, legislative body or this governor. Smart move. You're going to... I told you... After the announcement of the sham uh, financial uh, scam on Trump, it's going to cost New York trillions when it's all said and done. Remington, the Remington Gun Company, after 200 years in New York, moving to Georgia. Biden announced that he's going to forgive another $2 billion in student debt. Don't forget, this is nothing but pandering to try to get uh, more young people to vote for him. That's all it is. And when he says forgive the money, uh, that's a misnomer. It's not really being forgiven. The burden is just being shifted from the borrower to you and me, the taxpayer. It's still going to get paid. It just won't get paid by the borrower. Us, you and me, hardworking taxpayers. Most of us, I'm sure, if we went to college, we pay. I, I know I worked three jobs when I went through college. Okay? I'm praying that like these other student debt scams, this gets tied up in the courts. Oh, guess what? See, this is why this media uh, uh, blackout, this media silence about facts simply to protect certain races, right? Now we find out that the KC shooters weren't juveniles at all. They were adults, 18 and 23 years old. 
I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable how pathetic the media has looked in that whole situation. Just absolutely unbelievable. You got an Indiana couple who lost custody of their 16-year-old son. You know why? Because they, he was still, he was 16, he was a minor living their home. He made him go to church and he refused to use his perverted genders because their 16-year-old son was mentally ill and thought he was a girl. And the parents tried to get him mental health counseling. But because they refused to acknowledge his belief that his mental illness that made him believe he was a girl, not a boy, the state took that child away from these parents. One last thing real quick, and I've got to get out of here. Uh, if you live in Michigan, your dear governor, Gretchen Whitmer, has a challenge for you tonight. You ready for this? She is asking Michigan residents to pick up illegals at the air, at the local airports in Michigan. Help them find a job. Help them find housing. And by the way, you might even want to consider, in the meantime, putting them up in your house. Yeah. Put an illegal up in your house so they can rape your wife, so they can rape your daughters, so they can steal all your stuff. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. All right, before we get out, I mean, you got to be kidding me. And they say these things with a straight face. All right, before we get out of here tonight, if you never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. When this brief journey through life is over, all that matters do you have a relationship with Christ? And that's an issue only you can determine, only you can settle. If you never made a decision for Jesus, pray with me now. Dear Lord, I do come to you tonight confessing that I am a sinner. And tonight, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth tonight that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. And from this moment on, my life belongs to you. I surrender to you tonight. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, if you prayed and you meant it, the Bible says you're saved. Not because you said a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. Have a book I'll send you. Won't cost you anything. Drop me an email. Bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you. If you need prayer for anything,